When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, we have all been captivated by the news out of Thailand that found 12 boys and uh, their uh, coach, their soccer coach, stuck in a cave. Well, we on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer, uh, decided we needed to talk to somebody who knows a little bit more about the anatomy of what was going on for these 12, uh, these 12 individuals who have been rescued, by the way. That was the big news this morning. Uh, and so we invited Greg Brick, who's a geologist in the Twin Cities, who also works for the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources as a hydrologist. Greg is on the line. Hello, Greg. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm fine. And you? We're very good, and we're very excited to have you on the show. I uh, saw that you spoke to um, uh, Kara Levin, and we thought you um, explained things so well that we wanted to have you share a little insight with our listeners, and you graciously agreed to do so. Can you just, from the outset, kind of give us an idea of of what the conditions were like in the cave that we've all been fixated on over in Thailand? Yeah, sure. Um, So... As I understand, this was a, a six-mile-long limestone cave, um, natural in origin, and we're, we talk about it in such horrific terms, you know, with this, this flooding incident, you know, which is, you know, very bad. But um, you have to realize that uh, if that cave had no water in it, obviously it was a very attractive um, place to go for mm. these 12 youngsters and uh, for them for you know for somebody to walk two and a half miles into a cave uh it must have been a very fascinating place mm. um and uh but when it fills up with water um it's it's a very different thing and what it appears is that uh that the, the passages in this cave go up and down kind of like a roller coaster and uh when Water comes flooding in from the outside because of heavy rainfall. That water gets trapped like a sink trap, mm-hmm. essentially, and uh, you know, preventing people from getting through. That that's known in the parlance as a sump. Uh, you know, where water just comes right up to the ceiling. Yeah. So, um, in your notes, uh, I was you reference something called. Uh, there are wet caves, and we have those in Minnesota and Iowa where people can become trapped like this. What's the difference between like a wet cave and a regular cave, and how would you even know the difference, I guess? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Um, if you're going to be in a, if if you're not a caver yourself and you don't have a familiarity with the area, 
um, you need to ask local cavers. Like that, oftentimes there's a caving organization which you can find very easily about what the conditions are in that cave. And I think they uh, that was uh, they've completely omitted that mm. crucial step because um, I think any local caver could have told them. You, you're crazy. Don't go in there. I mean, we're, we're verging on monsoon season, and there's a very good chance uh, that you're going to be trapped in there. Now, they've, the interesting, you know, they found that cave entrance. That means it's, it's well known. You don't just walk up in the mountains, you know, with 12 soccer players and find a cave and walk. I mean, they knew it was there. So they're getting their information from somewhere. It was just incomplete. They, right. They, should have followed up on that. So, so uh, we're talking with Greg Brick, who's a geologist who who knows caves. Um, and and Greg, would there be a season where it would be a dry cave? Is it because of the season that they found themselves there? That because of the rainy season, because so much rain was coming, uh, is that sort of what was the what kind of did them in in terms of keeping them trapped in the cave? because of the season it was? Yeah, I, I'm sure that's what it is. I have caved in tropical areas enough to know that, uh, you, know, the, in, well, you know, in winter these caves dry out completely. Mm. And then there's another hazard. When they dry out, there's still a hazard. There's a diff- totally different kind of hazard. It's something called histoplasmosis. It's like from bat droppings. And when the, when the ground dries out in the cave those spores become airborne. You can inhale them and get a disease that's somewhat like tuberculosis. Mm. Um, so you've got to be careful of the dry season also. Um, but, yes, the wet, there's, I'm sure that, that the cave looked perfectly good to them, very interesting, all, you know, you know easygoing. Uh, and, uh, you know, here in Minnesota we have our seasons for the really deep caves that are preferred, uh, and that's winter because... Mm-hmm. Um, rain, you don't have a rainstorm in winter, and so you can't have sudden flooding in winter. Sure. And so it's a lot of the deep caves, they save, like, the, you know, pushing passages and so on till winter time around here. Now, you, um, and if you guys are just joining us, we're talking to Greg Brick um, about caves, about this cave rescue in Thailand. And um, we have caves right here in our own backyard, and you've actually written books on the subject. Can you tell us, like, if there are people in the Twin Cities who, you know, maybe have thought of uh, experiencing a cave right in their own backyard, what kinds of things do you tell people when they show an an interest in in checking out caves? Well, uh, there have been... uh enough deaths just from drowning in the Twin Cities, um, even in recent years. I mean, in 2009, I remember vividly the incident right when my book came out about um, a photographer who went up a drain, a storm drain, without checking the weather beforehand. You know, it's kind of, you know, like you say, what do you, (laughs) it's kind of useless. You know, people are determined to do, determined to go see these places and they disregard all advice you can tell them about the dangers of sewer gas and and flooding and and people just ignore in fact they resent it when you know when you mention these things like you have no business telling them um about that sort of thing but the people who are more responsible what i would try to do is we have there's like there's two cave 
clubs, if you will, uh, in the state of Minnesota. Um, if you just spend some time uh, with those people, uh, people experienced cavers, um, you'd learn a few tricks of the trade and um, perhaps even to save your life. Well, Greg, thank you so much for, for joining us and for giving us a little insight as to what what the uh, what the conditions were in this cave in Thailand. Uh, and we're so thankful that you took time out of your day to join us. Thank you, Greg. Well, thanks for having me. Take good care. That was Greg Brick. He is a geologist in the Twin Cities who also works for the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources as a hydrologist. And I know that we all had our eyes on on that story as it developed. And, and we're so relieved this morning when we learned that everybody had been safely removed from the caves. And uh, if you do want to know more about the Twin Cities and what caves uh, they have on offer, he did actually write a book called Subterranean Twin Cities, which came out in 2009. That gives you kind of an overview. And he talks about some of those, you know, the things you need to pay attention to and watch out for. Awesome. I, I would not be going into a cave. I'm not talking about the kids in right, Thailand. Right, right. Because I don't know the situation that led up to it, but as it, uh, you know, in uh, from my perspective in this moment, I can't see myself ever walking into an unex- unexplored or a a, uh, a cave by myself without, you know, having like re- talked to people and having safety gear and going with a team of people. I would need a tour guide and yeah, some right? volume. Like, I just, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm claustrophobic. It is extremely scary and you know i i've been looking at some of the diagrams of of this two you know two and a half mile stretch of this cave that these boys found themselves in and there was one very tricky turn that they had to make in order to get out that was all underwater and uh i just looked at that and thought about how tight that would have been even when they went in and it was dry it was a very tight turn but then to imagine having to come out through that all underwater with scuba gear it really is remarkable and and you know i think everybody is breathing a sigh of relief that these these people have been um saved uh and i also i i also read somewhere and we'll go to break here in just a second but i found this to be a fascinating point that to Greg's point about some of the illnesses that can occur and lung infections that can occur when you find yourself in a cave for an extended period of time, the boys are not even able to have physical contact yet with their parents. Yeah, because of disease. Exactly. So they're still being held sort of at a distance. The parents can look at them through a window in the hospital, but they have not been able to lay their hands on their precious children who they have not seen for, uh, you know, better than a week at this point. Uh, It just is heartbreaking, but also so wonderful that they were able to make this amazing rescue. Well, when we come back, um, Reese Witherspoon is taking on a whole new role in our pop culture universe. She is more than an actress. She is becoming somebody greater, and we're going to tell you who she aspires to be and how after this on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1. Well, Reese Witherspoon is taking on a new role in pop culture, and uh, we have to figure out exactly what that's all about on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 107.1. We stream live at MyTalk1071.com and on the My Talk app where you can win. $107 every single weekday just by listening to your favorite radio station. Uh, I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's that's Bradley. I almost called you my name again. 
<laughs> this is the Colleen and Bradley show. What the heck is Reese Witherspoon up to, Bradley Trainer? Okay, well, here's the takeaway. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is becoming Oprah. And essentially, she's an Oprah light. So let me tell you why I'm saying this. Uh, but I think I, I, I think I'm not alone in suggesting this. In fact, the article that I found on CNN said Reese Witherspoon is one step closer to Oprah dumb with uh, mm. and I do mean dumb. No, it's actually Oprah dumb, like the land of Oprah, mm-hmm. the kingdom of Oprah with her new AT&T deal. Oh, yes. So uh, Reese Witherspoon uh, is going to take her. Uh, media company to a new platform for its female-driven content. AT&T and the emerging production company on Tuesday announced the launch of Hello Sunshine Video On Demand, a new channel that will spotlight female creators and their stories. The channel will also act as a launching pad for two new unscripted series that will debut on DirecTV. Um, And one of those shows is called Shine On With Reese! Now, this show will highlight what inspires and motivates and gives joy to female trailblazers as they share their perspectives on ambition, work, family, and hopes for the future. So there will be no, um, you know, bad things on this show. It will be all happiness and Mm -hmm. tears of joy. Hello, sunshine. Hello, sunshine. Shine on with Reese. Anyway, so she's going to have her own, uh, essentially, own network, right? And then, I I don't know if you noticed this, but she's got her own, this Hello Sunshine, that's her company. Mm-hmm. This Hello Sunshine has teamed with Amazon's Audible for a whole series of audiobooks and originals. She has a book club. And I'm like, is it just because she did The Wrinkle in Time with Oprah and got a hug that all of a sudden she got like the Oprah dust on her? I'm one honestly, if I'm Oprah, I'm sitting in my laser cut bathtub in my uh cavernous bathroom with all of my wonderful uh, oiled bath bomb situations and i'm going i rue the day i ever met reese witherspoon because she is literally making a carbon copy of the oprah empire i tend to believe that oprah probably has blessed her you know like because i can just see oprah like i can't do it all so i am going to hand over a little bit of my magic to you reese and you shall carry it forth but what I love about this is just that it seems a little too precious and a little too perfect and a little too like, I mean, it was five minutes ago that Reese Witherspoon was yelling drunk at a police officer. Do you know who I am? And now she wants you to think that she is some evolved, um, you know, super positive, super f- female focused how, how long ago was that little fiesta? It literally I mean, it was, was like 2014 or something. I was going to say two years, Here, but maybe I'll four years it. ago. Drunk Reese okay. Yeah, I do remember when she pulled it. Do you know who I am? Yeah, I so am like on American Oprah, soil. At the very least, and we have Oprah crap all the time. She don't care because she doesn't listen to the show. But I, you know, uh, Oprah put in her time and Oprah like lived the life and walked the walk, right? Mm-hmm. She so, didn't walk the line. You didn't see Oprah like, like you know, bitch slapping Stedman and getting put in, you know, a, a squad car. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, as much crap as I will give Oprah on occasion for just like, you know, making money off all this stuff. I mean, at least she's got something behind it. Whereas Reese Witherspoon, it's like, girl, what? 
It's like this was all part of her image rehab and it went gangbusters. And so she continues to do it. I I tend to be with you, Bradley, on that because it's not like we've all forgotten. Um, And listen, before we get an email, because we're going to get an email, somebody's typing it right now. I can hear them. Um, (laughs) Clack, 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 clack. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, why are you so hateful? It's not that we're hateful. And it's not that we're even saying that you can't make mistakes in life. You can absolutely make mistakes in life. Do you want a list? Yeah. I mean, honestly. (laughs) Give you a list. Yeah, it's but but the but the point is that this is not it is hard to see how this has evolved so quickly when we also know Hollywood, a place where nothing is real and everyone smokes. I just where this is part of an image rehab that began in 2014. It's rehab. It's rehab. Exactly. I I honestly and again, you know, I don't like it's America. You want to make something out of yourself and do a thing. And with all the thing, that's fine. It's the it's the it's the thing behind it that I don't buy. I don't buy Reese Witherspoon being this enlightened individual. I mean, God bless her. She's going to make a ton of money and people probably put people to work and all that stuff. But but just in terms of things I'm buying, I'm not buying that because I like when I see Reese Witherspoon, it's like Reese picks a book. You hear it on Audible. Sounds amazing. Actually, no, I don't want to buy a book that just she recommends because, because I don't feel like she probably even read the book. Right. It's kind of like Oprah's favorite things. Like, you know, it used to be awesome. But if I see a list now about Oprah's favorite things, I'm not buying anything on there because I don't think Oprah actually sat down and enjoyed something. Mm. And it, may, it it was like she checked it off a list. And probably got paid to share oh, it yeah, with the world. Yeah, which, again, right. God bless you, Yeah, but I'm not buying that. But we're going to be a little suspicious of that yeah. before we go purchasing it. Also, I don't know that I ever liked Reese Witherspoon enough to just want whatever she has. I'm just saying. All right, we got some more D-bags for you after this on the Colleen Celebrities behaving badly on the Colleen and Bradley show on we My Talk 107. This hour one. of our show, let's bitch about other people's lives. What? We've got You want to do it out. for three hours a day? Yeah. You can do that. It's fine. Um, <laughs> no, I just feel like we've been bitch heavy lately, so. Don't call me names. Yeah, well. <laughs> you, uh, were, you were sassily reporting the entertainment thank news. You. That's thank what you. it is. I mean, we That's can't, what you rely on. We can't be all hello, sunshine. <laughs> that would get boring. Uh, I but, just took offense to an email that a lady sent us. And, uh-oh. You know. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make everyone understand that I don't hate you all. Thank you, Bradley. Just some of you. No, not you, celebrities. (laughs) All right. Well, we we do highlight celebrities behaving badly every day on the Colleen and Bradley Show on MyTalk 1071, streaming live at MyTalk1071.com, everything entertainment. And we call those people, those celebrities behaving badly, a simple name, and that name is D-Bag. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. To tell you that's one of my favorite intros of your show. It's oh, pretty good. spectacular. Thank you. Thank you. I have to do the little tip. That I know, do. right? It's just <laughs> Lord and Lady D-Bag. And then I realize, am I the douchebag? No. No. No, okay. no, 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 no. No. You're honoring. You're gotcha. introducing Never the, the douchebag. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. I want to tell you uh, about my douchebag today. Her name is Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh. I like to call her Jada Pinkett Mess. <laughs> and you probably already know why, because we referenced this story earlier in the show in both Dirt Alert updates and the Dirt Alert itself with Elizabeth Reese. Here's the headline. Jada Pinkett Smith discusses past sex addiction, alcohol dependency, quote, I am a binger. So I thought, OK, look, here's the thing I know about Jada Pinkett Smith. She will overshare. Um, but the other thing I know is very often in her oversharing, you get a sense of her ego 
And that's the issue that I have. Mm-hmm. Not that she's being honest or open or has issues like we all mm-hmm. do, because we all do. So mm-hmm. let me just make that caveat up front. But in a new episode of her Red Table Talk Facebook watch series, that's a lot of words. I still don't really know what it is or how you get it, frankly. Like, if you told me to go watch it, I don't know where I would do this other than Google. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna help you with that but as you go. In her latest, this is where she like gets everybody together. They sit at a red table and they talk really uncomfortably. And a lot of times it's things like the first time my kids walked in on us having sex. Uh, at which point you're like, wow, did we need to know about that? Like my kids um, trying to get emancipated from me because, you know, they're adults. And I don't know, just like all sorts of stuff. But this one, this particular episode deals with jada pinkett smith's own struggles with addiction presumably that's the way it's framed but in the discussion of that i think there is some profound misunderstanding of some basic things about life quote uh when she talks of her her addictions etc my sort of addictions jump they jump around when i was younger i definitely think i had a sex addiction yes uh, that everything could be fixed by sex and uh, I struggled with drinking. I reached rock bottom and I can we can go into each one of those. But I just would like to point out as somebody who understands addiction firsthand and have for many years, I uh, have, uh, have, yeah, have, have yeah. for many years, um, my addiction sort of jump. They jump around. OK, like it's a house usually, of pain song. Usually jump around. Thank jump you. around. No, Thank you. like that's not an addiction. Probably that's just you being a mess. Now, she may have an addiction. I'm not here to claim that for her. But the way she describes it's like and it'll become clearer as I further describe. But it's almost as if like, well, I had this problem over here and then I came over to here to this problem. Mm-hmm. If you had an addiction, mm-hmm. that thing would be with you mm-hmm. until Actually, every day Mm -hmm. of your life, Mm -hmm. regardless of how you're dealing with it, just like a chronic disease. Mm -hmm. My understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, But when she talks about alcohol, she says, I remember reaching a rock bottom. That time I was in the house by myself and I had those two bottles of wine and I was going for a third. And I was like, now hold up. You're in this house by yourself going on to your third bottle of wine. You might have a problem. And then she says, so I went cold turkey. That's the thing about me. I can go cold turkey. I'm a binger and I always have to watch myself and I can get obsessed with things. It's not what you're doing, but how, but how you're with it, why you're doing it. It's the behavior. Okay. Mm -hmm. Back it up a little Mm -hmm. bit and the words. So I went cold turkey. That's the thing about me. I can go cold turkey. Okay. If you have an addiction, Mm -hmm. you can't go cold turkey, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's a clinical. Because that's not how addiction works. It's a disease. Yeah. So I feel like here's what I'm really saying is that she's conflating addiction with her kind of like. Her masking techniques. Yeah. Her own personal. We all have those, right? But those of us who suffer from actual addiction, and again, I can't claim it. She can. But from the way she's sharing, I'm just like. This just seems to me like somebody who maybe had, you know, some some low points in their life and chose to make things better with those things and then stopped. Mm-hmm. That is not an addicted person because those people who are addicted can't stop. Sometimes I, I think that we uh, know a little bit about any given 
topic and we think that we are somehow an expert. And so mm-hmm. then we use the language mm-hmm. that we you. hear in that community. Yes. And then we apply it to our own situation. And everybody has done this at some point in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what she says is she uses all the language you've heard in recovery talk, right? Yeah. Like rock bottom, yeah. uh, you know, um, binge, binge uh, relationship with the thing, whatever that yep. thing is, um, your addiction. Um, she uses all the language, but what frustrates me about her story and the way she tells it is it really does minimize the actual process of recovery. When she says something like, I quit cold turkey, that's just how I am. Yeah, and, and it that, sort of pretends that other people have a weakness in their inability you, to you. stop it, things. And which is part and parcel of everything that comes out of her mouth because it's always like, I have an, uh, 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 an elevated sense of. Um, purpose in my life that other mm-hmm. people don't have. I have a, you know, enlightened sense of sex. That's why my husband and I have an open relationship. I have an enlightened sense of marriage, which is why we don't call ourselves married anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I just don't buy that. I kind of want to know why they overshare. Like, I want to know. I'll tell I, you why. Because I, so I see all this red table talk, and I like the red table talk because it does have these uncomfortable conversations. And I think for other humans that are watching this, they can say, oh, okay, if she's having these uncomfortable conversations, I can too. But I mean, like, the she has been a little sherry. Well, well she talks about the first time she had multiple oh, happy places yeah. with herself in front of her children. Whoa, in front of the kids. Yes. yes. I feel okay, so here's the thing. There is a good there is a there is a good there sharing is not a bad thing. No, of course not. Oversharing typically to me points back to the person who's doing the oversharing. There's a reason why. To your point, <laughs> Sonny. Yeah, I want to know because and from what I remember growing up, they didn't seem that oversherry. I think that part of it is ego, honestly. Mm-hmm. I think that a little of that comes with thinking that your stuff doesn't stink. And wanting the world to know how how you figured everything out. Because I want to hear the grimy details. Like when I hear about Thank somebody's you. stuff, I want to hear. I want to hear you were scratching the walls, and mm-hmm. and it's not that I, I just because I struggle with my own things, and when I'm getting over it, like it's not easy. It's difficult, and I'm wondering if. Maybe that's the and part if you that's look at missing. That, that is has, missing from yeah. them, for sure. If you look at somebody who, you know, she's extremely successful, they're very wealthy, they look amazing, they've mm-hmm. got, you know, by all intents and purposes, healthy children that, you know, whatever they, even though they're probably going to be struggled with or straddled with a lot of therapy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, by all intents and purposes, they're very successful. Therapy. It's almost just like, yeah, no, I had these issues and you got to look at your issues. And I did. And so then I just stopped doing them. And, and now I, mean, I have no do, issues. I mean, you do. But I feel like when you say that, there's a lot of stuff that's missing from that story. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not buying. You looked at it and then bring well, like, and not no. only that, I am suspicious <laughs> of anybody who believes that they've got all their you-know-what figured out right. and sorted in proper piles. Because if That's not how it, life works. Exactly, because it's soon, I don't know, as soon as I figure one thing out, there's, there's some other knocking mess. at the door. Exactly. <laughs> there's another fire in the corner. Right. And also, her mother, again, I just, I'm here to tell you that her mother is my source of, uh, you know, um, what's the word, of strength and mm-hmm. power, like in that family, because she... Later in this interview, talks about her twenty-year heroin addiction. Right, right, right. So, like, oh. this woman has actually been through something. Right. So, I. Oh my know- gosh! If I'm her mother, if I am Jada's mother, I'm like, oh gosh. I uh, where did well, and she talked. They do talk about it again. This is why it's a love hate with with these talks because 
I've seen the conversation where the mom is like, or uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's mom is like, um, I would never have raised my children the way you did, but that's the way you've chosen to raise your children. But I, there, I do not understand. I will give her the credit fact for that. that. You let your kids walk all over you and do whatever you want because she clearly is not that kind of person. Mm. I give her mother credit for that, for separating herself, because I do think that that is one of the sort of, um, what's the word, tethers She's of modern, in the way. modern parenting is thinking that your child is a reflection of you. Oh. And I think that is unhealthy. Uh, and the better, the the sooner you can get good with the fact that your child is an individual uh-huh. and not a reflection of you, that uh-huh. you will do your best to help guide them but they are not just a miniature version of you you that you're trying to mold and i think that her mother clearly has mastered that because i'm thinking oh my gosh i'm gonna leave you with this quote okay and then i'm gonna tell you what facebook watches okay and how to get there oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. quote my grandmother taught me about self-pleasuring because she wanted me to know that pleasure was for me she didn't want me to fall into the hands of a man and if he gave me pleasure to think that was him and she taught me at the age of nine. Did Willow say that? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to just put that over <laughs> so here. This is the kind of oversharing that's going on. Wait. On the red table talk. Jada didn't say that? That was, that was Willow? That was little Willow. Willow. Uh, it said Smith previously spoke about her sexual history, blah, 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 with her daughter Willow. Uh, Smith, including a self-proclaimed Hoodly do addiction when she was oh no that actually is Jada okay I was gonna say I I didn't messed up several of these red table talks because I, th- I well saw- a lot of stuff is no, happening right. it's hard to you're absolutely it right that I, was that was uh, Jada was so say, oh her God. grandmother taught her okay, okay. Uh, so let me just really quickly give you Whoa. the what's what on the Facebook watch situation how to when watch you, Jada when you log into your Facebook you'll see on the left hand side you have three options right at the top your news feed your messenger and your watch okay. if you click on watch it's like a little TV with a play symbol it will take you to a bunch of different literally Facebook channels and it to me it looks like they are trying to do a visual version of podcasting. Oh, sure. Right? And so they've got all kinds of celebrities and people that you would remember or know, um, like John Edward, the psychic. He has a Facebook watch channel. Um, there's all different types of like series on Facebook. It's sure. like a miniature YouTube um, made for easy sharing. There are um, there are like fictional, what are they called? Like a sitcom. There's sitcoms. There's documentaries, docu-series. Um, yeah, so just go there and explore. All right. And that's where you're going to find your red table diaries if you'd like to get an eyeful of the oversharing of the Pinkett Smith. Yeah. Hey, look, I've been talking about it, so I can't, you know, I and uh, well, it's doing it's, what it's intending to do. Usually I use it for the D bag segment, but um, we always have a conversation. So, I mean, she's, you know, when we she's come, doing something right, it's true. When we come back, our friend Marley is going to pop in and tell us about her intersection with Bachelorette Nation. Uh, that show is still on The Bachelorette with our very own Minnesota's own Becca Kufrin. And Marley has a little update on it after this on My Talk 107.